What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie May-December. Here's a quick synopsis. Actress Elizabeth Berry, in order to prep for a role, interviews Gracie Atherton Yu, who she will be playing in a movie, who is infamous for going to prison for being in a relationship with a much younger man, Joe, who she is still married to today. The film stars Natalie Portman, Julianne Moore, Charles Melton, Corey Michael Smith, Elizabeth U. Piper, Curta, and D.W. Moffat. Standout performances. The talk surrounding Natalie Portman's brilliant performance in May-December has me baffled. Some are questioning her overall acting abilities, and I think that's insane. Yes, she's given some of the signature performances of our time in Black Swan and Jackie, but she's also been more consistent than people give her credit. Her performance in The Professor still stands the test of time and her supporting role in Heat is also super underrated in my opinion. Also her performances in Garden State Annihilation and Vox Lux are free examples of her being one of the best actresses of her generation. I think what people struggle with with Natalie Portman is her movie stardom. On one hand she makes movies like May December and on the other she makes the Star Wars prequels and the Thor movies. Yes, I would agree with most that her work in mainstream movies isn't all that impressive, yet I would say it's ridiculous to say that the only good performances of her career are in Black Swan, Jackie, and May-December. She's been good in things outside of those three movies. Portman will next star in the miniseries Lady in the Lake from Honey Boy director Alma Harrell. Julianne Moore is one of the best actresses of her generation and in the minds of many have done her best work working with two all-time great filmmakers. Paul Thomas Anderson with Boogie Nights, for which she received an Oscar nomination, and Magnolia, and Todd Haynes. The pair have worked together five times on Safe, Fall from Heaven, I'm Not There, Wonderstruck, and now May-December, where she plays Gracie, who went to prison for being in a relationship with someone her son's age. To say the least, it's a complicated character that most people will hate by the end of the movie. I give more a lot of credit for being willing to play somebody who in the eyes of many has done something unforgivable. Moore will next star in the movie Echo Valley with Sidney Sweeney and Donald Gleason. For me, the biggest selling point of this movie was seeing Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore work together for the first time, and that's what has me thinking that movie stars are alive and well. Yes, they've been famous for a very long time, but just the idea of seeing them on screen together made me want to watch the movie May-December. I didn't care what the plot was, even though it ended up being a great one. I didn't care what the movie was about, even though it was ended up being about a lot of things. I just wanted to see Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore share the screen with one another, because that's what's brilliant about movies, is seeing two great actors and movie stars come together and work together. It's what we want to see. It's why Heat was a big deal seeing Al Pacino sitting across the table from Robert De Niro. It's why the Ocean movies are beloved seeing Brad Pitt and George Clooney
Clooney and all those other stars together. And this movie has two of the bigger stars of the last 20 years. You can't talk about movies in the last 20 years without mentioning the names Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. They both won Oscars. They've both been in big studio movies. They've both worked with the best directors of our time. And now they've come together to make one of the best movies of 2023. Let's talk about their male co-star Charles Melton, who before this movie made a name for himself starring in the teen show Riverdale based on the Archie comics. And for whatever reason, whenever an actor from a kid or teen show makes that jump to more serious material, it's jarring for people to take them seriously. Melton was given an amazing opportunity to work with two megastars and not only held his own but in the eyes of most people is the best part of this movie. He gives in my opinion the most important performance of the movie because if he doesn't work, if it's not a good performance, then the entire movie falls apart. You know what you're going to get from Natalie Portman. You know what you're going to get from Julianne Moore. He was the big question mark and he delivered and he's likely going to receive an Oscar nomination for for it. I'll say that this is a movie where all three of these performances are going to get Oscar nominations. Natalie Portman is going to get nominated for Best Leading Actress. Julianne Moore is going to get nominated for Best Supporting Actress. And Charles Melton is going to and has a great chance to win Best Supporting Actor. Let's talk about the director behind May, December. I first became enamored with Todd Haynes after watching the movie Carol. Both Kate Blanchett and Rooney have never been better. I also really liked I'm Not There, which also has extraordinary performance from Cate Blanchett, and Dark Waters, which to date is his most underrated movie with great turns from Mark Ruffalo and Anne Hathaway. May, December is an example of everything that Todd Haynes does well as a filmmaker, getting great performances and balancing out tones. The movie is dealing with a heavy topic while also having a sense of humor. And that humor of the movie has been the most talked about subject regarding the film. Some question how intentional the comedy really is. Some have used the word camp in a not so flattering way. It's my belief that Todd Haynes knew everything he was doing when it comes to this movie. Everything is intentional and everything is right. I think he's trying to make an entertaining movie. He's trying to get you to pay attention and he's also trying to say something about the heavy subject matters that he's dealing with. One of the things that's explored in this movie is grooming, which is by definition when someone builds a relationship, trust, and emotional connection with a child or young person so they can manipulate, exploit, and abuse them. When you watch this movie, it's blatantly shown the harm this relationship has caused Joe, played by Melton. He's emotionally underdeveloped. He doesn't even seem like an adult with his own kids. He feels like one of their peers and he doesn't understand where it all went wrong until it was too late. And this isn't the only major movie of 2023 to deal with the topic of grooming. It's also dealt with in a much different way in Sofia Coppola's 
Priscilla, Jacob Elordi's Elvis, is much, much older than Priscilla. And here's something that I think that both of these movies have in common, and they both do something brilliant. They show you the harm that's been done to the characters of Priscilla and Joe. They don't just talk about it. It's not just a talking point. They show you the harm that's been done to these kids for being in this relationship. And one thing I find interesting about the Gracie character played by Julianne Moore is that the movie explores the damage that's been done. She does doesn't have a relationship with her son who was Joe's age at the time of their relationship and her son is really angered by what's happened so there's been damage done to her as well other than just the prison time this isn't a thing going away in her life she's just kind of avoiding it she has friends hiding things from her there's a scene where they explain that they buy stuff from her bakery to keep her busy, to keep the noise away from her, because there is a lot of judgment coming her way. So you can feel sympathetic and awful about the character of Gracie at the same time. And that's a really interesting balancing act that the movie is trying. And I think it, ultimately it succeeds in that. May-December also has a lot to say about actors and how they prep for their and what I got from the Elizabeth character played by Portman is how selfish that process can be. She was willing to dredge up the past in order to give a good performance without looking back at the damage that's been done to the people that she was dealing with. I think in a way, by the end of the movie, she becomes the least sympathetic character of them all. You're kind of questioning her the most because she's bothering these people's lives just to give a good performance on what seems like a lifetime movie. I find that really fascinating that somebody like Natalie Portman would be willing to play a character that's questioning the overall process that an actor is going through. You hear it all the time. Some actors are saying that they hate method acting. Charles Melton just said in an interview that he doesn't like the idea of method acting because in it you kind of become a bad person. Robert Patton Pattinson has said similar things in the past. We're now hearing actors kind of question the process of being a method actor. And while this movie isn't really about method acting, it is sort of about the process that Elizabeth goes through to become a character and how destructive that is to the people around her. I also think that the movie is implying that she takes something so seriously that isn't all that serious. Like she's just prepping for a lifetime movie. I don't know how the movie would be different if she were prepping for a much bigger Oscar-y type movie. But I do believe that the message is that she's taking things too far for what the end goal really is, which isn't all that impressive. Let's talk about the movie's Oscar chances. Like I said earlier, I believe Natalie Portman is going to get nominated for Best Actress. I don't really believe she has a legitimate chance to win. I think it's going to be Lily Gladstone from Killers of the Flower Moon or somebody else. I just don't see her winning. Emma Stone from Poor Things is also going to have a really good chance to get her second Oscar win. I don't see Natalie Portman winning. Would I be mad if she won? Absolutely not. This is a clear top three performance of her career up there with Black Swan and Jackie. As for Julianne Moore, I feel the exact same way. This is one of the better 
better performances of her career up there with Magnolia, but she's not going to get the win. I think the winner of the Best Supporting Actress is going to be Divine Joy Randolph from The Holdovers. Charles Melton has the best chance to win his category. He is going up against Robert Downey Jr., who I do believe the Academy wants to give an award to. Robert Downey Jr. has been doing it for a long time. He's given some great performances. He's been Iron Man. Oppenheimer is his return to prestige movies. I think at the end of the day right now, I believe it's going to be Robert Downey Jr. who wins the award, but Charles Melton has the second best chance and sometimes Todd Haynes is inarguably one of the best filmmakers ever to not have ever received a best directing nomination by the Academy. He definitely deserves one for May December. He should have gotten one for Carol which I believe is his masterpiece. He makes indie movies and sometimes the Oscars ignore these independent movies but this is a big movie with Natalie Portman, with Julianne Moore, their star power behind it, this could be the year that Todd Haynes gets a Best Directing nomination. I know he's going up against the powerhouses of Martin Scorsese, Christopher Nolan, and Yorgos Lanthimos, and he's not going to win the award, but he should be in the final five. I know Greta Gerwig is going to be there for Barbie, but Todd Haynes deserves a spot to be in the final five for Best Director at the Oscars. And I think if you do the math, if the movie gets free acting nominations, how could it be left out of Best Picture? I think this is a shoe-in to get nominated for Best Picture. It's absolutely one of the 10 best movies of the year. You have three incredible performances, two by proven movie stars, and one by a newcomer. Movies like this that have that should absolutely be in Best Picture. Do I think it has any chance of winning that category? Absolutely not. It's going against the likes of Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Barbie. There's also the Netflix of it all. Netflix has never won Best Picture at the Academy Award, and I don't see May, December of all movies being the one that beats that streak. And I do want to talk about the Netflix of it all because I do think they've had a pretty good run of movies this year. They had The Killer from David Fincher that brought us back Michael Fassbender. I mean, that's a movie that should be in the awards conversation that probably isn't. And then you have May, December, which is probably going to most likely be the most watched Todd Haynes movie. That's what Netflix should be for to get more people to watch a great independent movie maker. That's what it should be about. Let's be honest, if May, December were released in movie theaters, what's the best case for that movie? To make about 5 to $15 million? Yes, that would have been impressive enough, but this isn't 2005. Movies like this don't make $50 million anymore, even if they star Natalie Portman and Julie and more. If you want to get the most eyeballs on a movie like May, December, sadly, it has to be on a streaming service like Netflix. I know I would love to live in a world where a movie like May, December could be a silent hit at the movie theaters, making 50 to $75 million.
billion dollars at the box office. We don't live in that world anymore, and we need to start accepting that. I do want to talk more about Charles Melton because I'm reading everything about this movie, and all of the talk seems to be about his past on Riverdale. He recently said that Riverdale was like his Juilliard. It must be infuriating for every question to be about Riverdale, and it got me thinking, it didn't always used to be this way with younger actors, where we were just fixated on the shows that made them somewhat famous. I don't remember when Johnny Depp became famous that people were surprised because he was on 21 Jump Street and then he was a movie star. It was just a fact that we all accepted. He came from a teen show and then he became a major movie star. The same with somebody like Leonardo DiCaprio. We don't talk about his past from growing pains. It was just a job that he had until he became a major Oscar winning actor. With today's actors, all we do is talk about their past until they do enough work where we don't even consider it anymore. I'm talking about Dakota Johnson with the Fifty Shades of Grey movies, Robert Pattinson with Twilight. We are just fixated on what these people did when they were younger until they've made enough movies and adults where that really isn't the talking point anymore. And I find it kind of annoying. Why do we have to bring up Riverdale when he makes a movie like May, December? The two things are not connected. Yes, this is his first big movie. It's worth noting a little, but not everything about Charles Melton's performance needs to be discussed in context with Riverdale, a fun little show that was on the CW of all places. Unless you're a kid actor like Haley Joel Osment, you're not given a movie like The Six sense. I mean, most kids are not in Oscar caliber winning movies or movies that are beloved by many people. They are in teen shows or kids shows like Riverdale. That's how they have to start their careers. We don't need to talk about those shows until the end of time. And it's why I don't understand all the hate that Jacob Elordi gets for talking about the kissing booth. Why would the guy who's starring in movies like Saltburn and Priscilla want to talk about the Kissing Booth movies. They were weird teen movies. That's all that they were to him. They were just a starring ground. He's moving on. He's doing other things. And now Charles Melton should be given the opportunity to move on from Riverdale. And I do believe we're going to talk about May, December when it comes to him way more than we're ever going to for Riverdale ever again. And I'm really thankful for that because I think he is a really good actor and he has a promising future. Riverdale was a fine show. I watched it a bit. I liked him on it. I don't need to talk about it moving forward when it comes to his career. He deserves every recognition he's getting for his performance in May-December. Overall, May-December is a movie that gives you what you expect. Great performances from Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore and stellar work from from director Todd Haynes. You expect these people to do great things. What was surprising is the performance of Charles Melton. This has the opportunity to be a star-making role. Major filmmakers are going to want to work with him in the future. There will be rumors of him joining Marvel or DC. Wait for those. They're going to come. This kid has a chance to be 
one of the big actors moving forward. I mean, his first big movie is with Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore, and he's on the cusp of receiving an Oscar nomination. That's how stars are born. It's been that way, and it will always be that way. When you act with other great actors and you nail it, you become a major star. Tom Cruise became a major star acting with the likes of Paul Newman. Kevin Costner with Gene Hackman. Matt Damon with Robin Williams. I mean, that's how you become a major actor, is you give a great performance next to somebody who's already established. And that's what Charles Melton's done. Not with just one great actor, but with two, Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Spotify. I highly, highly recommend you check out the movie May, December. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about Maestro starring Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe.